Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, I am recording this after having been able to uh, participate in a two-day seminar, agility seminar, and it's by someone I, the teacher was someone I totally admire. Um, I really think a lot of her, every time I have an opportunity to be in one of her seminars, I jump at it with both feet. And um, I'm just always so excited to be there. I learned so much. It's great. It's wonderful. It's amazing. But at a point on Sunday, I was kind of laughing. And of course, I was, you know, asking people for podcast ideas, as I often am. And um, I, I was getting some podcast ideas, which you will be revealed later, of course. But, you know, one of the things that came up for me on Sunday is I said, I know what my next podcast is. And they're like, oh, what? You know? And I said, singing the seminar blues. And everybody was like, oh my God, why? Aren't you having fun? Whatever. Like, da 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 da. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm having a great time. Um, but here are some of the emotions that I and others were feeling, and many of these conflict with one another, and that's kind of the point. So remember, we're in this seminar. Some of us probably, I'm going to say like um, maybe 75% were in both days. Um, I worked both of my dogs. I kind of switched off. They took turns. I actually did one in the morning, and then I do one in the afternoon. So I, I had one working spot, but I knew my dog's um, burners aren't really known for going all day in an agility seminar. So I knew I would switch off. So that was fine. Um, and, uh, so, you know, you're there for a couple days, you're watching other dogs, you're thinking about yourself, you're, you know, there's a lot of emotions. It turns out that are, that come to play in a seminar. So here are some of the things that caused me to think like, oh my God, here we are. I'm singing the seminar blues. All right, here's one. The dog is better than the human, <laughs> right? We get to a point in the seminar where we're like, oh my God, my dog knows this. Like maybe the instructor runs the dog for a second or, you know, maybe you just realize like, oh my God, my dog knows this and I can't figure this out. My dog is better than I am. Um, there's that thing like, oh, if only my dog had a better handler, you know I mean? Th- those kinds of feelings, right? Where we feel inadequate for this really talented dog. Um, and then the flip side of that is, is my dog isn't good enough. You know, I definitely had that feeling with one of my dogs at a certain point, you know, trying to get something, you know, and again, I, it was an agility seminar for me, but it could be obedience, draft, uh, carding. I mean, or, I mean, uh, water work, it could be anything, any seminar where you're in there and you, um, are working and you, you're like, okay, now my dog's not good enough. I thought my dog was better. I thought we would be able to get this. Now we can't get this or whatever, whatever inferiority complexes. Right. Um, 
here's one that you're being judged. You know, some people have a really big fear of seminars. They, they would rather walk into a ring and compete than be sort of judged or evaluated or, you know, maybe um, even constructively criticized, you know, for six hours. And I think that's interesting. You know, I, I felt a little, I guess, of that in that, you know, someone's evaluating me, but the good thing about this person, and it's probably why I'm drawn back to her over and over again, is she's super positive, right? You know that, you know, all dogs aren't equal, all handlers aren't equal, and yet every time you're out in the field, she makes you feel like you're the only one, which is a huge compliment um, to her and to the to the uh, seminar, but yet there is this fear that a lot of people have of literally being evaluated for basically six hours straight, two days in a row. Um, So that could be a lot for some people. Um, You know, the other thing that goes along with the, the dog isn't good enough is feeling like you haven't trained enough right? That your dog should be further along or, um, you know, that you, you haven't been doing enough or your dog's not in condition enough or just, you know, that, that you're not enough, right? That you're not enough. Um, and sometimes some of us, not even the dog's not in condition or you don't feel like the dog's in good enough condition, but maybe you don't feel like you're in good enough condition, you know? Um, there's some instructors who, you know, for especially for agility, like making you run, you know, and, and really challenging you and really pushing you to get places. And sometimes that takes, you know, physical conditioning that you may not feel you are in shape to do. So that's kind of interesting. Um, you could be just generally frustrated, you know, frustrated in yourself for not being able to, to get it, to, to be able to put it together, uh, to be able to do the skill or execute you know, maybe the drill or a piece of a course or a handling maneuver or something, and you're just so frustrated. You know you should get it. Uh, you want to get it, um, but you're just frustrated. Um, you know, the other thing I think that is really prevalent is when you run well, you give all the credit to the dog. And when you run poorly or you screw up, then it's you, <laughs> okay? Which I think on one hand is really a great thing to do, right? Is that, you know, it's the handler's fault and the dogs that win. Um, and I think that's lovely. And I think that's, we should love our dogs that way, but it's also a lot of pressure. Um, and I think that there's a lot of times where we deserve credit for trying. Okay. I was watching somebody, this was not my experience, but I was watching somebody and cause we all learn by watching everybody. And, um, you know, they were doing this thing that was like, I don't know, like three or four parts to it, right? It was like, I don't know, tunnel, jump, 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 or something like that. But it, yeah, I mean, there's some serious like handling involved in it. And, um, you know, in order to get the momentum to do the thing, you know, they were having trouble like saying the last part. Okay. Let's say there were three parts and they were getting the first two parts perfectly. And the third part was the tough part. And so what was interesting is the um, instructor stopped and she said, you know, you're not giving yourself enough credit for getting the first two parts. You're so focused on the part you're not getting that you're forgetting that you're already getting and have improved on, you know, these first two pieces. So I think that's the other thing, you know, our focus keeps shifting to these, like the things we need to work on, because in in one sense, that's why we're there. We're there to get better. We're there to be pushed. We're there to uh, be challenged or to learn new things or to be, to broaden our exposure. Um, When I was a kid and I rode horses, I used to call those, 
those lessons. Well, November would be no stir up November, right? And, um, you know, I used to love to be my words. I love to be tortured. I love to be worked really hard and pushed. And, and because it was a sport that I loved so much that I really wanted to be pushed, 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 pushed. And I feel that way about dog sports too. And so I really enjoyed being pushed yet, you know, you are singing the seminar blues at sometimes because sometimes you're like, oh my God, I got it. This is fantastic. Yay. You know, you run back to the crate, jackpot, jackpot, jackpot. And everybody's like smiling and happy and you're amazing. And then you go out for your next turn and like, you cannot get past the third thing, you know? And, um, and all of a sudden you're back down, you know, it's a, it's very much a roller coaster. And I think one of the things that keeps the roller coaster going too is comparison. Um, there is nothing like sitting in a facility for six or more hours straight, you know, you going out onto the field to do your thing and watching others go out. And I mean, there's so much comparison, right? You get maybe one, two, three, four, but you screw up five, six, seven, eight. Someone else gets you know, five, six, seven, eight, but screws up one, two, three, four. And all you see is the part that they did and you couldn't do. Okay. Comparison. And so much of like, oh, my dog's four and their dog's four, but their dog's is so much more far, so much further ahead. Can I talk? So much further ahead than my dog is. Oh my God, I can't believe it. I haven't done enough. Or I'm not good enough for my dog. I mean, like all of it. And so much of it stems from comparison. And it's such a weird situation because you're truthfully putting yourself in a position of being evaluated and being pushed, yet you get sucked into the comparison and then you start to feel really bad about your journey when truthfully it is your journey and yours alone. So, you know, I still came away, you know, loving, loving all 12 plus hours that, you know, we put in over two days, got a lot out of it, a lot of aha aha moments, you know, definitely some things that I will change going forward. Um, But it is kind of an emotional roller coaster to do a seminar. And the thing is, is I love love to do seminars. I could have been in a trial. I chose a seminar instead. You know, I think you just learn so much and you keep getting pushed and different perspectives, you know, are always great, right? You want different perspectives because sometimes someone will say something a different way that your instructor at home has been saying to you for like nine months, but it just clicks, right? It just clicks when someone rephrases it or you hear it in a different context or something. So I love learning. I'm like a learning addict when it comes to that. And I just had the best time, but it is a roller coaster. Okay. So, and of course the upside, the upside is you're motivated, right? You, I mean, nothing like leaving a seminar with some skills and some things to work on. And you're like, man, I really want to do this. Or, wow, I really saw the light come on there. I really saw the potential in my dog. I really am motivated to work, practice, try, put a plan together, whatever that is, right? So, I mean, that's amazing. And of course, it's amazing to learn new skills and be exposed to new thoughts and, you know, and agility, new ways to walk the course, for instance, or new ways to see something or troubleshoot or problem solve, Um, and, uh, it's just, it's exciting. I think it's very energizing. Um, you know, and there's nothing like that beautiful aha moment where something clicks and you're like, oh my God, you know, head explosion emoji, life changing. I will never see this, you know, this kind of an exercise the same way again. This is amazing. You know, and I definitely did have a couple of those aha moments, 
um, with my dogs. And, you know, for some, you know, I've been in a seminar that you can sit there for six hours, but like it was the one sentence that made it, you know, kind of a thing. And so that's always, that's always super fun. And, you know, there is that absolute euphoria that we all feel when it all clicks and it all feels amazing. And you come off the course and, and you're like, that was, that was phenomenal. You know, there were a couple times where she was like, you've got another, you know, minute or two. Do you want to do something else? And I'm like, nope, that was it. It doesn't get any better than that. We're going to leave it at that on that note. And I'm going to go, you know, sit down and, and think about it and really absorb this so that I can remember it and do it again. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so I, I was, we were singing the seminar blues this weekend in that it's just such the ups and the downs and, you know, one minute after your turn, you are like on cloud nine and, and everything is, you know, sunshine and rainbows. And, you know, the next time, the next turn, you're like, God dang, I suck, you know, or whatever it is. Um, so it is quite a roller coaster, but one I would argue that is absolutely worth doing. And like I said, anytime you can do a seminar where you can sit in a facility and just focus on even one aspect of your dog life, you know, for me, it was agility, right? And I do a whole bunch of other sports with my dogs. Um, it just was worth it. It just was so great. All right. So I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I want to talk about some tips, some things that you can do to make your seminar experience even richer and uh, maybe even some ways you can minimize that roller coaster and not fall into the trap of seminar blues. All right. Be right back. All right, I promise to make this super quick, but I've got to tell you what's going on in the Q membership. Each month, we tackle a different theme. In April, for instance, we took a look at our program, from what we feed to how we train. In July and August, the members are basically beta testing an entire masterclass on performing under pressure. And the last week of every month, we have a Zoom a group coaching call where we talk about the theme of the month, but we also get personal in terms of, you know, if there's a challenge that one of the members is facing that they want to talk about. The link to the membership is always in the show notes and there's a monthly and annual option. If you choose the annual, please be sure to put in the code QPODCAST, all one word, at checkout to get an additional month for free. Just my gift for listening. And don't forget, when you sign up, you get access to all the content going all the way back to April 2021, so you can binge to your heart's content. All right, enough about that. Let's get back to the show. All righty. Okay, so how do you make the most of a seminar, right? How do you get the most out of it? How do you make sure that it sticks? You know, I've been, I've done a whole bunch of seminars, been very fortunate that where I train, we bring a lot of really top instructors uh, in a whole bunch of different fields to our facility. And I've traveled for some seminars, things like that. And so I've just been really fortunate. And, you know, the one thing I see a lot is people go to a seminar they get all jazzed up. Maybe they even, they take, you know, 18 pages of notes and then they come home and they don't do anything with it. And I think, you know, some, some of that is, you know, you, you, at the seminar, you had the benefit of the instructor being right there, right? Telling you, doing the thing, you know, all, you know, whatever. And even if you take good notes and write it down or video your runs or things like that, you know, some people aren't really incorporating it. And truthfully, there were some people who were videoing every run and I thought, wow, that feels 
that for me, if I'm personalizing, that for me would be really overwhelming. Like to watch every run, how do I know what it is that I'm picking out, right? And I think there's there's kind of an interesting, I don't know, maybe um, conflict, I guess, that I would say in that like on one hand, you want to write down everything, you know, record everything, write down all the notes, take all the videos, record it all, and so that you can take action on it. But I feel like the flip side of that is if it's too much to take action on or if that amount of input overwhelms you, how do you know how to prioritize or how to make a training plan or how to sort through it? And so I think it's really important that you kind of figure out what your learning style is and what you can turn into action. You know I'm a huge fan of the 3x5 guard. And, you know, really kind of distilling some things down into like, okay, what are some of the takeaways that I can work on? What are the, some of the things I can write down? How do I make this into a training plan? So I think that is really core. Like, how do you make your seminar last? How do you put those things into action so that, you know, when the person comes back or when you take it to a trial or something like that, you can really see and feel and just like... I don't know, we just really internalize that amount of progress, okay? So um, a few things. I think you have to take your style of learning into account. If you learn by video, take video. If you learn by taking notes, take notes. If, you know, for this, we didn't have our courses were not, we didn't have course maps. So, th- you know, you, we could have written down the courses or whatever, but it wasn't, there was no map to like take a picture of or anything like that. Um you know, I have a journal that is just for seminars that I will take in and take some notes in. I find that over the years I'm taking fewer notes and just kind of um, writing, using my phone and writing down some of those really big aha moments, those really big sort of turning points. Because again, I found that I would, again, if I'm personalizing, I would take all these notes home and have 12 pages of notes. And even if I took the step of rewriting them, which I think really does help commit things to memory, I wasn't like pulling out the threads and turning them into a training plan. So if you are going to take notes or you are going to really watch those videos really diligently, I would urge you that like out of every video or every page of notes or something like that, you know, see what is transferable to a three by five card. And the reason I'm using that as an example is I feel like when you have to write it down on a three by five card that you are going to take to the ring and train you have to really distill down what it is that you're training. What is the skill? What is the thing I want to work on? Was it that was it that order of jumps and the handling the two handling skills that were involved in that sequence? Or if you're doing obedience, is it a new way to, you know, do fun exercises in between exercises uh, to get your dog jazzed up and reconnected to you, right? What is it? What is that thing on that page of notes or in the first hour of the seminar or something that you can distill onto a three by five cards and turn it into action? Okay. So I use the three by five cards, even if you don't actually fill them out. I think it's a really great way to say like, I can practice that. It's just makes it very tangible for me, right? To have to go to that step and pull it from my notes and get it onto something that I can go train. Okay. Um, so I think that's good. In terms of videos, I, 
I think that that's how video should be used, right? Is to figure out what are those learning moments that you want to go train in practice. Again, I see videos used for evil, if you will, and that is almost as a weapon against ourselves as you just watch it and you keep rewatching like the mistake, the mistake, the mistake. And the truth is, is we don't really learn by as well by um, focusing on our mistakes. We learn by building on our strengths. So, you know, catch the thing where you did well, rewatch that part of the video, dump the rest of it, you know, trim and edit your videos and get them down to those little moments where you're like that. That's what I want to be able to repeat. That's when I want to practice that thing. I can set up that sequence again um, and I can go practice that. That is actionable. All right. So I don't want you just watching your videos. Um, yeah, to just beat up yourself, right? That is not the correct use of a video. The correct use of a video is to take the nugget, get the learning out of it, make it into a deliberate plan and do something about it and just let the rest of it go. I actually, most people were videoing their runs this weekend. I didn't video any of my runs because it's not how I learn. And um, unless the audio was right next to what the instructor was saying, I wasn't gonna, which some were, some weren't, Um, I wasn't going to really get the lesson anyway. So for me, it was about, you know, after the sequence, what was the big takeaway? So what I tried to do was after every turn that I had, what was my big takeaway? And if I could just have, you know, if I had four turns a day and, and so eight turns over the weekend, do I have eight? takeaways or eight aha moments, or maybe was there a theme, you know, that you could have the same takeaway morning and afternoon, and you're kind of seeing a theme in your handling, for instance, or a theme in what it is that you need to work on. And I think by looking at it through that lens, after every run, every turn that you have, what is the takeaway? You start to see trends, you start to see the things you need to work on, you start to see those aha, aha moments come to life. That I think is really useful for me. All right. So you have to figure out what your cadence is, how you learn best, how you turn what you're learning into a deliberate training plan. Because if you go home from that seminar and you don't do anything about it, um, great. You had fun for two days, um, but you're not really turning it into action or cues, right? You're not getting better. And the whole point is to get better. Um, couple like maybe lighter things that you might not think about, bring good food, um, bring good food for you, for your dog. You know, there's a lot of places, a lot of seminars are kind of the quote, no frill seminar where you're on your own for lunch or, or what have you. And I think that's great. Or they'll say like, oh, there's, there's restaurants around in the area and things like that. And, you know, but you've heard me talk about this before, feed your brain, you know, make sure that you are clear thinking, you know, don't eat all the cupcakes at lunch so that you feel sleepy at 1.30 and you can't, you know, can't stay focused, you know, make sure that you have a good amount of protein and you're hydrated and yes, that you have good food for your dog as well. If you think you're going to be there through the dinner hour and you need to feed them on the way home, even, you know, just kind of think it through, plan it like you would any trial, you know, pack the car like you would make sure you've both got water that you've got all the right food for everybody. Make sure that you are going to be able to stay focused, especially if you're in an all-day seminar. You know, definitely that two, three o'clock hour, you know, what is it that you're going to need when you're starting to feel like you would maybe need a, a little quick nap, <laughs> okay? Um, 
also kind of related to this is this sounds, I know this sounds crazy, but wear something you feel good in because, you know, there's so, because there's so much judging and comparison that goes on during the day, right? And most of it's in your head. Um, you know, the instructor is just trying to help you, is there to, to you know, push you and make you better. Um, some of those judgments or comparisons are in your own head. But regardless of where that those feelings are coming from, you know, it's good to feel good. It's good to feel good in your clothes and feel confident and like what you're wearing or dress warm enough or have layers because could be one temperature outside the building, another temperature inside the building. Um, so just make sure that you are comfy, cozy, confident, you know, as you can be when you walk into that building. Again, treat it like a trial. Um, let's say, um, you know, try to reserve, try to resist the urge to compare, you know, try to remember that everybody's on their own journey. Try to remember that you are there to cheer for everybody else and be supportive of everybody else who's in there and learn from their strengths and, you know, it, because if you can stay open and curious, you can learn not only from the instructor, but from everybody's experiences, from everybody's dogs, from everybody's turns. Is there, they're seeing something, someone does something out there and they're like, oh my God, that's what it looks like when I do that. <laughs> right. Because sometimes you, they keep telling you, instructors, like, you keep doing this. You're not turning. You're not doing this. Blah, blah. And you're like, I don't get it. I don't feel it. I feel like I am. And then you see it in someone else. And you're like, oh, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. And so there's just so much to be learned that just, you know, take it all in and, but try not to compare your journey with someone else's because in most cases, you have no idea what their struggle has been or is or what that dog's life has been or is. And so you really can't compare, um, honestly, really. I mean, you can't, because you can't have all the facts. Okay. Um, I already talked about distilling your notes into something actionable. Make sure that you don't waste those two days or whatever time by not doing something with it. And then, you know, again, I would, I would end the day from a journaling perspective. If it were me, I would say like, okay, what are my strengths? What did I learn today that I am, you know, that I've got down, you know, what are my strengths? Because again, you don't, you don't build on your weaknesses, you build on your strengths. And then you have things that you work on to make you stronger. Okay. You're not saying I suck in this area. So I'm just going to focus on where I suck. Well, it's not really the right perspective. You're going to focus on improving your focus on building your strengths. And the way that you're going to do that is you're like, okay, my strength in that area that I'm not, that I don't execute, execute consistently is that I know the skill. I know the skill that I'm trying to do. I want to do it more often, or I want to push myself to do it in competition, or I'm going to push myself to do it in competition when I've already blown the cue or something. So I'm, I'm more apt to take a risk. So we have to keep pushing ourselves, but we're going to do that from a point of strength instead of a point of weakness, because uh, to say that we're weak or bad at something is already beating ourselves up. We're already tearing ourselves down and to perform from a point of view where you're tearing yourself down is not going to get you the result you think it is. Okay. So I would love to see you end any seminar, whether it's a two hour private lesson or a two day, you know, 12 hour extravaganza with a list of what your strengths are or what you're really happy about. One of the things that we did 
at the end of the first day, you know, cause we all, you know, were coming back. So no one had any travel like to get down the road to, um, everybody went around and said what their favorite part of the day was. And the favorite part of the day varied wildly. And I loved that part so much. I loved that it wasn't just, you know, one person with skills, one person was that their young dog could really, you know, have a good time that, you know, for me, I, you know, had, my head has just been all over the place. So I was like, you know what? I just wanted to come have fun with my dog today and just let everything else in the world go. And that was my goal. And that was my favorite part of the day is just being able to be in my happy place. And so I urge you to do that for yourself. If that is not something um, that the seminar provides to you, if you are running a seminar, um, I urge you to add that at the end of the day before everybody scatters, you know, to the four corners and just really help people um, savor. Okay. That's a savoring is something I learned from my friend, Lizzie LaRock, who's also has a great podcast. Um, and savoring is just to really replay those good pieces in your mind and think of the pictures, the visualizations and how it felt and smelled and all of sounded and all of that kind of stuff to be there and how great that was and really sit with it and really enjoy that moment. Because let me tell you, to be able to go to a seminar of any kind is Um, I don't take that opportunity lightly. You know, not everybody lives somewhere where they can do that. Um, Not everybody can, you know, maybe afford to do that or have access to it or have access to great teachers. And so I just, I'm, you know, I sit with gratitude in being able to do that. Um, Even though at times I was singing the seminar blues, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So I want you to also approach it that way. If you have a chance to do a seminar, do it. Don't let your fear of being um, judged, you know, or something like that. And I'm using that just because someone, a client has said that to me before that they just, oh, they're like, they're like, oh, seminars are the worst, just being judged for that. And I'm like, no, I want it. Like, bring it. Like, tell me, make me better. Tell me how I can get better. So um, if you have the opportunity to do a seminar, do it. It will make you better and it will motivate you and it will give you all kinds of great juicy things to work on. Okay. All right. So that is it for this week. I hope that there's a seminar in your future. And if you are off to a trial this weekend, have an awesome time with your dog. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.